All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Get Fit Podcast. So today I have a very special guest. She is a life and success coach. You know, one of my favorite things. Let's be successful. Let's do it upright. And she is coming to us all the freaking way from Vietnam. So I am so, so thankful that she is taking the time and we were able to schedule this. Her name is Carrie Veach, like the beach. I'm so glad I got that right. And if you just want to tell us your story, how you got here, how you ended up in Vietnam, I have so many exciting questions. Um, And just take the floor for me. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So uh, since we only have so long, um, I will tell you a shortened version of my story, which is essentially how I quit my job at the end of 2016. I was the executive director of a nonprofit. I had worked in nonprofits for many years after being a therapist. And I kind of had climbed the ladder, so to speak, and done all the things that I thought I was supposed to do or should do, you know? And, uh, I, it's not that I wasn't happy because I was happy, but I just kind of looked around at some point and was like, is this it? Like, is this everything? And, um, I reached a point where I, uh, I had paid off my loans from grad school. I had bought a house. I'd bought a rental property and was like, well, maybe actually I could do something else if I want versus just like, you know, work and pay my bills and die. And so I started to just really give myself permission to dream again and think about what I actually wanted to do. And so I quit my job and I took some time off uh, and I traveled and really just like explored and did things. I had been studying early retirements and mini retirement. And so I was like obsessed with this concept of, oh, I don't have to wait till I'm 70 years old to live my life in retirement. So anyway, so I ended up, uh, after that time period, I moved abroad because one of the things I'd always wanted to do was live internationally. And so I took a job in South Korea and I worked there for a while. And then I started my first online business on the side. And then when I left Korea, I started traveling, um, which now, especially with COVID, I'm so glad that I did that. And I got that opportunity to travel. Uh, I don't regret it at all, but it also was very exhausting after a couple of months. You know, it is totally the dream and don't get me wrong. I am grateful for it, but I was super exhausted from just meeting new people every single day and having the same conversation on repeat and traveling really fast. So yeah, that's just kind of how I ended up in Vietnam. Like I was craving more community and friends, but not quite ready to go back to the U.S., And so I honestly thought I would stay in Vietnam for three months and three months has turned into two years on and off and I'm still here. That's so exciting. On here, like since I started the podcast, I have so many people who are talking about like pivoting and that is such an incredible pivot. And I love that you had achieved all of these things and you were living like this great life and that you said even that you were happy, but you looked for more. There's so many people who achieve all of those like goal marks that you're looking for in life and you check all the boxes and then you're like, well, this is it. And they don't dream any farther than that. So I love that you were like, well, I did this. I can do more things. The opportunity to do 
more things is so, so important. And I freaking love that you paid off our loans. Love me some debt-free experiences and that you are investing and you have all those things. Y'all, you don't have to wait until you're 70 to like do something. I, I know that's how I was raised, how my parents were, how my grandparents were. They're like, well, you work, 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 even though they have like savings and we could have done stuff. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not in my life. I'm like, no, if I can get on an airplane pre COVID, I was getting on an airplane. I was going places. I was doing things. Cause I didn't want to get to the place where my parents were when they were in their like fifties and hadn't done anything. Like mm-hmm. I lost my mom to cancer and there were so many things that she didn't ever do that she was always like, we'll do it later when we retired. I'm like, no, there's, there's no like tomorrow that you can for sure get. So I love that you were like, I'm going to go travel. I'm going to do new things. I did things. It's so, so important to try new things, you guys, even if yeah. it doesn't work. Even if it doesn't work, she didn't know that her online business was going to be as successful as she has been. You just have to take that risk. And so in that risk and scary things, when you're getting your new clients, when they're coming to you to really go to that next level, what is like the biggest fear that they have? Because I know you do a lot in profitability. What is that kind of like fear? Is it fear of going all in, failure? What it what is the big one that you see? Yeah, so honestly, I would say one of the biggest things that whether you know we categorize it as a fear or just holding women back, um, but particularly as it relates to sales, is like this conversation that so many females have in their head of being like the annoying salesy whatever person they think they need to be in order to make more money in their business and they don't want to be that person and so most people have that person whoever she is like Susan, Sally, whatever we want to name her right and they're so terrified of being that person, especially as it relates to being on the internet and their online business. And so because of that, they then hold themselves back from showing up online and getting visible and talking about their offers and their business. And so the fear then becomes so much more about themselves versus the service aspect of who is that person out there that needs what I have to offer And how can I get so laser focused on her and her pain points and what she's struggling with and what's keeping her up at night and really allowing that to be the bigger vision versus the, oh my gosh, what is my teacher from high school or my old best friend from middle school going to think about my online business? And that's where I see so many women stuck. Preach. Gosh, I was, I was that scared sales Sally for so long because I was always being like, I don't want to be annoying because in my head I annoyed myself because what I was doing wasn't right. I was just sending like message, message, message and being like, well, if I just put it in front of them enough times, they'll want it instead of like actually knowing who I was talking to. And I know for a lot of coaches, like the way you make your best offer is you, you step back and you're like, what did I need? Like this thing that I'm offering, what, what would have helped me when I started? And that, that shift is how I formulate everything now. I'm like, okay, when I was 24 and just drowning in debt and just hmm. sucking at money, what did I need? 
What did I need to hear? What would have helped me? And that is like, oh, I'm just talking to myself a couple of years ago when I was in that shitty, shitty place that I'm helping people out of. Yeah. And so I feel like that's such a thing that we're scared of because we don't want to admit that we were in that really, really bad place, like sharing where you were and like why you're an authority. Why will anyone care about this? Well, because I'm good at it. Well, why? And so opening up about where you were before and going forward because you're scared of what those people are going to think. What are my friends, friends, what are my ex-boyfriend's parents who still follow me on Facebook and be like, what is she doing? Why do you, what do you mean they didn't have any money back then? Shit was bad, y'all. Right. <laughs> like, so I think that's very important is when you're trying to go to that next step, sometimes you have to go back a couple steps to like, where you were and sometimes that's really hard to do where you are like doing a lot of things and then all of a sudden you're like oh maybe I can't do this maybe I'm like in that bad headspace of like not being sure I know I saw on your Facebook that like maybe you were feeling like you weren't in the right headspace you would achieve all these things you were doing all these things how do you work through not falling back into that headspace what do you do to kind of pull yourself out of that Yeah. So for me, it's a continual practice, right? Like, and I remind myself of this every day and my clients. uh, I wish that some of these things were like, check them off the box. And then for the rest of our lives, we are now in this new enlightened place. And, you know, of course, I think there are certain things that we can raise our level of like default thinking but our brains are always going to be our brains. And so the reality is, is like your brain's job is to protect you and to keep you safe. And so the more that we understand like how our mind works and then how much power we have accessible to us to change those thoughts, to get us closer to what we want, like it becomes easier because to me, it's almost like, how can you view view it like a game or a fun task versus like beating ourselves up and being really mad about the thoughts that we're thinking versus, you know, it's, it's always that observational place. Like if you can get really curious about, huh, like, why am I thinking this way right now? Like, why is this popping up again? And looking for either the lesson in it or the opportunity to reframe your thoughts around it versus like, oh my gosh, I'm having this limiting belief again. There's no way I'm able to do this. You're just like, oh, cool. This is familiar. I had this last example, right? Of this time that I had very similar patterns of thoughts. And I have this example of how I overcame it. So I can use that as evidence that of course I can overcome this and I can, you know, get even bigger results this time because I already did this thing the last time. And so, you know, one of my favorite exercises is just like evidence lists and celebration lists of keeping those continually so that we remind ourselves what we already have accomplished and what is possible for us. So anytime we're like feeling shitty or down in the dumps about like not doing something or not hitting the result, it's going back to like, what have you already done? And how can you give yourself so much credit for that and start there? I love the celebration list. So I do tons and tons and tons of journaling. I document basically my whole life in one aspect or another so that I can go back. Like I read journals from like 2016 
a simpler time, but I'm also like, wow, I've worked through a lot, but I like the idea of calling it a celebration list and an evidence list. That, that'll be a new journal prompt for me. Yeah. That is, because that's definitely something I feel like I don't give myself enough credit for things that like I accomplish, even though they're things that I worked for. I'm like, okay, I did it. And the, but there's always something more. And yeah. so like when I journal them and I can read back and be like, oh, I did that and that. And so I can achieve things. I'm going to make like a little on my wall, like celebration list, things that we have done. And then always for evidence, when I got started getting into the coaching space, like one of my coaches was your brain is always looking for whatever it is that you're telling it. So if you're telling your brain that you can do something or that you are successful or that you're working towards this goal, if you tell your brain it enough, it will instinctively look for all of the ways that that is real and will make it happen. And I was like, my brain is so smart. Why am I so dumb? (laughs) It's so true though, right? And now like one of my favorite people, I don't know if you um, know Joe Dispenza or follow him. I don't think I follow him, but I know, I know my friend Vanessa talks about him. Yeah, so he he's all about quantum physics. Um, but the quantum guy. Yeah. So his stuff is like so revolutionary. But what I love about what he talks about and so many other people too, but he has the science research. So, you know, I'm like all about the woo-woo energy and that type of stuff. But when you can combine it with the science for the people that are more skeptical, it's so much harder to debate. Like, is this actually true? Does this actually work? And so the coolest part about it, like exactly what you were saying, is that our subconscious brain doesn't know the difference between like quote unquote reality and what we train it to believe and so he does so much stuff with like placebos and this type of work where then they also hook people up to brain scans and they can show like that this stuff actually does work and how effective placebos are because it is so much more about our mental state and that to me is just like mind-blowing I am I am more woo-woo, but I'm also super, super practical. So like if someone can come to me and be like, here's a scientific study that heightens your woo-woo thing, I'll be like, yeah, absolutely. Cause not everyone's gonna be one way or the other. But at the end of the day, I'm like, everything is in your mind. What you're gonna believe is already in your mind. This is just how it's gonna work. Some people are more analytical and some are more feelings. And I'm like, all of those can combine to change your mindset. You can decide. It's kind of anything can become a habit if you do it enough times. And I don't know the stat, but over like 75% of our life is just habitual. Everything we do is just a habit and we don't even realize it anymore. Like I'm not spending a long period of time figuring out how to use my coffee maker every day. I'm just like water. I don't even register that I'm doing it because it's so ingrained in you and you can do that for anything. It just takes time and you have to want to do it. That's a, that's another one. You have to put in the time because I see so many people get discouraged and they're like, my mindset didn't change and it's been four days. I'm like, yeah, I've been in like four years. Calm down. (laughs) Like, cause I work with like a lot of people with money management, money mindset. And they're like, I don't have $10,000. I'm like, you started two days ago and you have like a dollar. You can't, you probably won't manifest a hundred thousand dollars and you don't have like 
the mind to even have a hundred thousand dollars. Like you couldn't manage fifty dollars. You should not all of a sudden have a hundred thousand dollars in the nicest way because you learn, you work up to different things. Like everything that you want to be good at in life, you have to try. Sports people have to try. Driving people have to drive. That's a bad example because people are bad at driving. (laughs) At least in Nashville. Like love y'all Nashville. Y'all hit a lot of stuff. There's a lot of accidents, but it's still a habit. People who are driving, who've been driving their whole lives, like that's a habit and you just instinctively do it. Our minds are crazy, you guys. Like if you think that you're not using your mind to your full advantage, you are correct. Your mind will do anything that you want it to. It just takes time. Absolutely. It's wild, like how much we can retrain our brains. Yes. And so, because money mindset is my jam, it's my favorite thing. So I, I was reading through posts of like, when you finally hit that five figure month, which is like the coveted, I feel like getting a 10K month is like your crowning jewel in the coaching space. Like everyone's after that. It's all just like a mind shift. Like everyone I know who has hit that, it was as much a mental shift as it was what they were providing. What was, what was that kind of shift like for you when you stopped, I guess, holding yourself back, so to speak, to go to that next level? Yeah. So a lot of it for me was honestly, um, which feels so counterintuitive. And I think things like this used to um, really trigger me and frustrate me when people would say stuff like this, but it was really embracing where I was. So um, for a couple of months, I like kept doubling my income. And what was happening was I was really just celebrating And it's that like dichotomy of being really grateful for where you are while still, you know, achieving or wanting to achieve something else, but like not making yourself wrong in the process of where you are. Because in the past and what's like, so um, my nature, just as a like recovering perfectionist, very type A or former type A, I would say I like don't really identify as much as being type A anymore, but still like very controlling type person, you know, and one on the, you're the one on the Enneagram. You know, so, um, but I always would like beat myself up because I would have these goals, right? And if I didn't get them, it was like, oh my gosh, I suck. What's wrong with me? Why have I not gotten there? Blah, blah, blah. And especially in the online space, when you like see everyone's wins and you're not seeing all the behind the scenes, you're just seeing the highlight reel. It's easy to beat yourself up and to compare, even if you are like excited for the people, you're still secretly or subconsciously sometimes being like, but when's it going to work for me? Is this actually working for me? And so a lot of it was just getting really comfortable with where I was and celebrating, like back to that celebration, you know, like I'm huge now on celebration and I have all my clients celebrate. Like we talk about celebrations in sessions or I do some boxer coaching and it's like, tell me your wins, tell me your celebrations because That is such strong energy. And I really believe in that in terms of like attracts like. And so even if it's like, oh my gosh, you booked a call and you've never booked a call before, celebrate that. 
Or I also go to the other extreme and I genuinely mean this now. Like I celebrate when somebody tells me no, if they're like, nope, not interested. Because that to me is amazing because they're in their power and they're deciding their next best step for them. And if it's not working with me, like no problem. But when people are in the limbo stage of like indecision, I know how torturous that is. So I would rather like be at a yes or be at a no versus like that in-between place. Yes. Knowing, like when someone tells me no, back in my early, because I did network marketing before, and when someone would tell me no, it would basically shatter my whole day. Like it would ruin my whole day. Someone could have literally told me yes right before, and then after that person with that no, I was like, I did everything wrong. They don't, they don't like me. And I made it about me. And now that I'm, I know what I have to offer them. I know that I can help them. It's on them if they're ready or not. It's not on me. It's on them and relinquishing that concept of control where I'm like, if I am just absolutely perfect at all of this and I present everything perfectly, whether or not they tell me yes or no doesn't matter because if they're supposed to be my client, they will be. If they're ready to move into that space, like attracting your dream client is so is everything. I used to think that I wanted to be for everyone because I was like, I can help everyone and do all the things. And now I'm like, I don't actually want to work with everyone because we won't vibe. They're not going to get anything. They're not going to put any time into it. I'm like, if I'm for everyone, they're not going to put any effort in and it's just going to be a waste. Like I'm going to be wasting their time because they don't want to be working with me and that's going to show. So celebrating those no's is good. I'm like, that's good for both of us they will find someone who they should be working with because I don't want to take away from what they could be gaining. Like I never, because that's how I always thought of, I'm like, well, I didn't buy that because it's not for me and I wouldn't like it. So now I'm like, oh, they're not with me because they, I'm not good for them. And that's fine. Cause when you're with the right people, it's all going to elevate and it's going to be a better system. So if you are listening to this and you are struggling in sales and you're trying to be for everybody in anything, no matter what you're selling, stop. You don't want to be, you don't want to be for everyone because everyone is not great. (laughs) Not everyone is great for you. And that's so, so important in any aspect because if it doesn't feel good, you're not going to do it. Like if you're working with a coach and it doesn't feel good, why would you want to work? So I definitely saw that you are on season four of your podcast, which I love. Baby podcast here is on season two. I literally just forgot what season we were on. I'm like, I just started season (laughs) two, like this month. Um, So tell me about that. I love having other people who have podcasts on. Like most people are like just starting, but you're so into it. Like what did you start it for? Who did you start it for? What do I, what do I get when I listen? Yeah. So it's super different in that it's a collective format. So I initially launched my podcast last year. I was more focused on, so my business is called Set Yourself Free and I'm all about 
freedom, both, you know, financial freedom, time freedom, emotional freedom, all of those things. And I was more focused on the life aspects of freedom in terms of like emotional freedom and trauma type work. So my first three seasons were about setting yourself free from emotional abuse or traumatic relationship and a little bit of like a heavier topic in terms of that. But one of the things, especially because I grew up with like so many secrets and shame and just things that we did not talk about and we weren't allowed to talk about. And I had such a difficult time as a result, obviously, but I am super passionate about the fact that you know, secrets lead to shame. And so when you are able to talk about things in the right spaces, right? It's like vulnerability does not mean sharing your deepest, darkest secrets with anyone and everyone. Like it's, it's having the right spaces to process, of course. But I was just finding that, especially in the online space, there were so many women that were struggling in secret. And everything in our business is like a reflection of our lives, right? And so if we're not dealing with the stuff in our personal life, it's going to show up in our business. So my first three seasons were more of those themes. And I had four or five women on every season and they were on every single episode. And it was cool because you got to hear their stories unfold over the course of about nine weeks and their journey to really setting themselves free and healing. And now, you know, where they are thriving in their lives and businesses. But now we're on to season four, which is more of the shame and the secrets of the online space and how a lot of people are not talking about the back end of entrepreneurship and how so many people are struggling, feeling like they're alone in their experience versus what we're seeing of the flashy 10K months or the 100K launches and the things that go into that to create that profitable business. So we talk about everything from comparisonitis to imposter syndrome, you know, feeling like you have to prove yourself online, but again, in that collective format. So I have four women on every single episode. So they're like mini episodes in a larger collective. Okay, everyone stop listening to my podcast. Hers is going to be in the show notes. We need to go listen to that right now. Stop listening now. Go listen to that. I know what I'm listening to at the gym. That's, I don't know how I haven't found that, honestly, how I haven't found this podcast already. And I'm kind of sad that I haven't because there's so much, there's so much of my early life that is all like secrets and like even things now that like come up and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to talk about it. Mm it's fine but it's influenced how I have done everything in my life mm. the things that happened and like bless my therapist bless his soul for the things that that man has had to listen to but yeah there's not really a space to talk about it and so many people in my life either online or in real life never went through any of that so I'm just like super mm. uncomfortable being like so I went through all of these things and none of you can relate and you're all just like horrified and I'm like oh, I don't want to talk about it because you're just like yeah that shame that embarrassment over things that you probably didn't have any control over I didn't have any control over that shit and now I'm still just like and then I had to become a responsible productive adult with yep. moderate addiction problems and had to make the best of it and yeah. so like that's I'm super I'm super excited to listen to that. I'm going to gym today. Not a couple <laughs> episodes. And yeah, then like 
really, really brave people sharing their stories. You know, I'm so grateful. Like I just get to facilitate, but I want more conversations like that. Cause exactly what you said, there aren't enough spaces to have those conversations. And one of like my biggest visions and dreams with the podcast is people know that they're not alone. Like, cause we have these experiences or these thoughts and then we're like, oh my gosh, I must be crazy because I feel this way or I think this way. And it's like, no, no, you're not. Yeah. I was probably, I think it was like a sophomore in college before I'd ever heard anyone talk about like their childhood sexual trauma. And I was like, so this happened to somebody else? Mm. I'm not the only one. Cause that the idea of being the only one that these things have happened to, you're like, it's only ever happened to me. And so I can't talk to anyone else about it, even though as I've learned now as an adult, people are like, yeah, some bad shit happened. I'm like, we could have talked about this when we were like 15 and like maybe, maybe gotten some help about anything, maybe processed through it at the time and didn't just like bury it down into your soul so that it comes back up at you during your quarter life crisis. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that's so valuable. And I love the idea of doing in the online space because I was in network marketing before. And then I moved into like the coaching space. And then everyone in the coaching space is like, I made $10,000 today. And I'm like, well, that's cool. What did you do? (laughs) Okay. You're like, I just, I just did it. Well, did you like, was there like a hard side to it? Like, did you have help? What did you do? And for me, what's helped is having, is having made friends in the coaching space who are also, you know, like they're having successes. We're having different successes, but we're like on Zoom together, like working, brainstorming ideas. It didn't all just like a unicorn didn't just hand it to us because I feel like that's all I see on Instagram. I'm like, how many months did you work on this before you launched? Like, what did you do? Well, and there's always a marketing spin, right? Like I have a woman on my podcast this season and her marketing spin, and I like, don't say any of this to discredit her, like I'm friends with her. Um, but her marketing spin of, of what happened is she went from zero to $500,000 in nine months in her business. She also was in business for four years before that, making no money. But like, that's not talked about. I mean, she's very transparent and talks about it. She's like, she doesn't have secrets. But with if you just like catch a short version of her story, the zero to 500 in nine months is what's put out there. It's not the zero to 500 in five years. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm a big... And I really, I don't mind doing the work. I like, I, I know that if I want something to be really successful long-term, that it's going to be a lot of work. And so sometimes when I see people who are like zero to like that 509 months, like in my head, I'd be like, there must've been, there must've been years prior to that. I don't like, again, not to discredit that. I'm like, that is amazing, but there's so much work behind it that if people are only seeing that and then they're like, well, she did it. Why can't I? And then when you don't do it, like my first launch was not 10K. I have that still as like a list goal for me, but it like wasn't, but I was like, it's my first one, whatever. Yeah. You like learn stuff, but so many people like don't have it and then freak out, get discouraged, just credit themselves entirely and are like, Mm -hmm. I'm only helping one person and I'm like you're helping somebody you're literally helping another person like why is that person not valuable that 
Yes. Sometimes it makes me mad in the coaching space. What, don't be mean to your one client. That one client yeah. is your whole world. They can have all of your dang time. Yes, I agree. And it's easy. Like, I get it. We all get trapped in like those bad, you know, spirals, but it is true. Like, I love that reminder always of focus on one person a day. Like, who can you help? Who can you serve? And that is one of my fastest ways to get out of any of my shit is just like, go help one person. Like, be of service to one person. Exactly. That's something that I try to remind myself of and lots of people have so many just like random little like sticky notes on my wall. It's like, who are you helping? Who did I help today? What's her day like? And Mm. so just like those tiny little reminders, y'all, it's, if you can't help one, you're not going to help a thousand. You're just, it starts with one. And I'm just so, I'm so thankful for the people who have given, who have like allowed me to help them. Totally. I'm getting to help them as much as I'm helping them. They're making me happy doing what I enjoy. Yep. So since we are talking about like, what's it like to be a coach? What do people get when they're working with you? What is the carry experience? Uh, so I would say one of my favorite things, and I hope that, and I think all of my clients would say after is they feel more confident in themselves. So I currently do one-on-one coaching and I'm obsessed with it because I get to really tailor my work to whoever I'm working with. And so I'm not a like, go follow my five-step formula to five figures. Like that's just not my thing. And so I love being able to help women sort through like just the mind drama that goes on for all of us. Like we all have it, but really getting to create that safe space and that non-judgmental space so that we can really objectively look at like, what is your brain doing? And then let's reprogram that so that you can feel more empowered. And I have some non-entrepreneurial clients, but most of my clients are entrepreneurs. And so for me, it's like, let's reprogram that so that you're in your power and you're out making more money doing what you love to do. And that's the biggest thing all my clients walk away with, right? Is more confidence in themselves, more trust in themselves, the ability to know that they can go out there and that they're enough and what they have to offer is good enough and they can go make sales in their business. Absolutely. Reprogramming for trust, trusting ourselves. I don't know. I need to get like a guy on the podcast and ask because I feel like... (laughs) I feel like male coaches are just like, yeah, I'm doing this, this, and this, and I'm not even worried about it. And I'm over here just, what if I spell the word wrong? Like, I don't know if what I'm going to say. And I'll be like voice messaging people. And I'm like, what did I just say? Oh, did it make any sense? And you just like think constantly, like I said the wrong thing. They're not going to like it. I did the wrong thing. Even though in like realistically, if I just like settled into my trust, I mean like, oh, I did, I did what I could do and I did the best that I could and that's fine. I need to get a dude on here and be like, so sir, is everything just like high and mighty confidence? Do you overthink everything too? (laughs) Or is this a lady thing? I don't know. I overthink everything in every aspect of my life. So it just carries over. (laughs) So if you could go back and hang out with 16, 17 year old you, and you could like sit down and be like, this is the piece of advice that will help you the most. What would you go back and tell yourself? You know, it's funny because I think that I would say something very similar to what we were just talking about, which is trust yourself. 
And especially as females, I really believe and know from personal experience is that we have really good intuition, but we're so programmed to not listen to it, to not trust it, to second guess it, to doubt it, all of those things. And so the more we can lean into that, and it looks different for everyone of like, how do you tune into that? How do you hear it? How do you trust it? But coming back to that place of it is safe to trust yourself and your intuition is not going to lead you astray. Like that is what I want women to know, especially younger, you know, younger me, younger females, and to step into that set of beliefs as often as you can, because that is going to serve you if you have that internal guidance versus always looking externally. Yes. Like, I think a couple of weeks ago, I had a guest on here and we talked about like intuition and feminine energy and how we're so trained to step out of that because we need to have like reasons for everything and like big explanations in order for people to understand or take us seriously. We can't just, well, this doesn't feel right. Like it just doesn't or trusting yourself to like make a decision without like a big five page analysis for what you're doing. Um, like as women, we're always trying to justify what we're doing. My husband and I can make decisions on things and he'll just make a decision. And then me, I'll make a decision and then I will justify why. I will explain <laughs> how. I'll be like, well, this is why I want to do this and this and this. And he'll just be like, well, we can just, we can just do that. It's fine. <laughs> like I'm trying to like justify it because I feel like I need to have a reason. And we don't always have to have a reason. And right. I'm still struggling with not always having to have a reason for everything or making up a reason to justify why we're doing something like justifying why you're becoming a coach, why you're in the business that you're in, why you're in the relationship that you're in. It was like, well, it feels good. Like I'm sure people, when you were like, well, I'm going to leave my job and go do this because that felt good. People were like, you were going to do what? Maybe like when we moved to Nashville, people were like, why? I'm like, I want to. I want to live here. That's it. I made up a whole bunch of reasons that were true, but I'm like, I just want to live in this new place. People are always looking for like a reason, but I fear you're a girl. Just be like, it feels right. Just go with it. Yeah. So we are recording this at the end of September uh, and we are almost into level 10 of Jumanji. <laughs> every so every end of the episode now because I like to listen to my earlier ones and see what's going on in the world so the U.S. recap is there's a new Supreme Court nomination rest in peace Ruth Bader Ginsburg um my home state is still on fire I feel like there are more things that like we're less than 100 days out from the end of 2020 god bless us get there we just have to make it like what is exciting <laughs> happening where you are. Is there any crazy, like, what is COVID like where you are? Like, cause today we passed a million deaths worldwide and the U S is like at 20, is it over 200,000 deaths? What was COVID like where you are? Cause you've been there. Like what did Vietnam just like shut down? How did y'all handle it? I'm curious now. Uh, so the short version is believe it or not for a third world country, they took prevention really seriously. So uh, the Chinese New Year is like the end of January or it was this year. And so all the schools, like everyone gets a break then. And so they never went back to school after that break. 
So they were out of school starting at the end of January and stayed out of school for like three and a half months. So up until this summer, there were zero deaths in Vietnam. Zero. <laughs> like um, Doing better. Yeah. Doing better than over here. There's yeah. like 500 deaths in my county. Yeah. Not doing great. So back in March, I was in building quarantine. So the wild thing about being in a communist country um, during a time like now is things are enforced. But I do have to say, I will take it any day over being somewhere else. Um, because like they, they literally will track you. Like if you were on a flight, they had trackers and then they would come to your house. Like somebody in my building was on a flight with somebody who tested positive. So therefore our building went into lockdown and I had police that sat in my alley and I couldn't leave my building. Um, it was supposed to be, uh, potentially two weeks because the 14 day, you know, period, but it ended up only being like five days. So it was fine. And then in April, we had a three week period where everyone was on full out lockdown. Um, and then things returned to normal for a hundred days. We had a hundred days of, uh, life as normal. And then we had a second outbreak and then we had some deaths. So, uh, we're just coming out of that. I think it's been about a month with no cases, which is awesome. That so magical. Yeah. Don't know what that's like. Hmm. <laughs> it's been, uh, when I started this podcast, I started like two weeks before my hotel went into, like we all got furloughed and I don't work there anymore, but like, so one of my first interviews, we weren't in lockdown. One of my first interviews on this podcast, there was nobody in lockdown. It was just like a thing that was maybe going to happen. And progressively every week, I'm just like, and then like 50 more thousand people died and nobody's in lockdown and nobody believes in masks in my country. And it's very, and I'm always curious what's happening in other countries. Like I have some people on like Instagram, people in Australia are like, well, we just locked down and we're fine. You know, we just like, we just held the bar. And I was like, that sounds so nice. Sounds cool. Yeah. I, cause we, so my husband and I both work from home. Like he was working from home before. So like the idea of just like shutting down wasn't even like a question. I was like, okay, cool. I'm just gonna be at home or whatever. No bigs. Yeah. I'm not trying to kill anybody. Literally not trying to kill anybody right now. It's cool. And so like watching other countries just have like a hundred deaths total. I'm like, that's never wanted to be in another country, but we're basically banned everywhere. Oh yeah. We're still, as of right now, we're still banned in Europe. You cannot travel to Europe. So end of September, if you're listening to this episode in 2021, glad we made it. You're doing great. <laughs> I hope you can travel. Probably not, but my optimism but yeah with all of the chaos that has been this year what are you probably most looking forward to to close out the year i would say honestly i am just really excited to help as many more people as i can before the end of the year because never has there been a better time to have an online business and so i just cannot encourage anyone who's listening enough to trust yourself to do the scary thing, like to take that first step, whether that is, you know, putting yourself out there for the first time, whether that's enrolling in a course, hiring a coach, like whatever it is that you need to do to take that forward momentum, like please do it because there really isn't a better time than now, as scary as it is, I get it, but 
one thing that COVID has taught, I think the entire world is that there is no certainty. And of course there's not certainty with the online space either, but it is blowing up and there are opportunities that exist everywhere. Like I literally have clients all around the world and because of the internet, I can easily, right, like work from anywhere. I can be in Vietnam in a communist country during a global pandemic and be making more money than ever. And it's scary. It's hard. It's all of those things. You know, it's an up and down roller coaster, but it is truly amazing to be in a place where you get to do work that you love and show up every day from, you know, your living room in your pajamas if you want. So I just, I want to serve more people. I want to help more people. And I really want women to know and to believe that your gifts can be turned into a profitable online business. Absolutely. And when we say like, there's so much like space in the online space for you to be successful, if you're living your life up at your day job and you like it and you just like want to have like a passion, you can still coach on the side. Like you don't have to quit your job and then start a coaching business from nothing. Like sometimes people are like, I have to, I have to go all in. You don't, you do not have to go all in until you are ready. There is nothing that says the only way to be an online coach is to quit your day job, work 24 hours a day and just do, 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 do. You can literally have your day job and you can coach. You just have special coaching hours. Like that's all it is. It's just time management and maybe your coaching thing takes off and you can leave your day job. It's just the options. Having more options is never going to be a bad thing. Having multiple streams of income, never going to be a bad thing. Doing things that set your soul on fire. If your day job is paying the bills and it's a really good job, but you just hate it and you can like coach on things that you love and help people. I feel like that's a pretty solid win. Like until you're making the coaching money, keep your day job. I'm going to say that as a wealth coach all the time, keep your damn day job if you're in debt. <laughs> If you are in debt and you're struggling in money and you do not have a a really good option B, please stay in option A. It will serve you in the long run. Just look for other things that you can do. It's 2020. The opportunities are there. They're at your fingertips. Quick Google search. You can type in anything that you're passionate about and then type coach after that and then follow those people and be like, oh, I could do this. This is what you can do. And I just, I love that. Like it's so, and it's, and it's always so individual. No coach is going to be the same. You can find a coach to hire that's going to resonate with you. They are everywhere. You can find someone who can work for you. That's the whole awesome thing about being a coach is you're going to work with the people who are for you. And so I love to close out with just some final thoughts. I'm going to have your Facebook, Instas, your podcast, all of that stuff linked in the show notes. People can find you, work with you. She is in Vietnam, so there's a 12-hour time difference. So she's not ignoring you. If she doesn't reply to you, it's <laughs> the day, guys. So definitely just enjoy that. And it's such a blessing that she can work with that kind of time difference. I'm just so thankful that she's working with it right now. Um, 
but just like what's some closing thoughts final final big takeaway message that you got for us um so thank you this is wonderful um i want to say that and then i also would love to say as like cheesy and cliche or whatever it is but trust yourself like your desires are there for a reason and like so much of this that we talked about you know it it really comes down to listening to yourself and figuring out what that needs to look like. And again, that's going to be so different for everyone. But if you can tune in to who you are here to be on this planet and really showing up in a place of service out of your gifting, like there is no stopping you to what you can do. And I personally love nothing more than seeing women in particular in their power and making great money and serving the world because everyone is better off, right? When we all get to get the help that we need and give the help that we want to give. Yes. Ladies, there's so much in life for you available to you there's there's nothing there's nothing that is not available for you and i know in our culture we get fed a bunch of bullshit about like men being great they would fall they would just they would be wrecked like there's no ceo man who's not whose life is not run by his secretary there's not <laughs> ladies we are amazing in charge we deserve all the money we deserve all of the recognition all of the effing awesome and, you know, if you want to help with that, make sure that you check out with Carrie. And I'm just so thankful that you took the time to hang out with me today. Thank you so much for having me.